0: My name's Alan Laycock-Fuchs, and you're listening to Season 1 of A Viking Story. Thank you for downloading this podcast, which is an accompanying podcast for a novel that I've written, which at this point is technically complete, but is only in the first draft stage. The novel is set in the Viking Age and follows a character named Bloodsword as he travels through the Viking world. And in this season, we're going to look at various elements of the Viking world that I had to consider while writing my novel. And this first episode is entitled The Viking World, and appropriately enough, I'm going to talk about the actual physical landscape that the Vikings lived in, and what they thought of their world. And this is something I had to consider for my novel, because there are basically two schools of thought. One school of thought is that the Vikings thought of their physical surroundings the same way we would today, So. They could appreciate the beauty within nature, they could look at a beautiful waterfall and appreciate that for what it is. The other school of thought says that the Vikings looked at the physical landscape in more practical terms. And a lot of that has to do with the idea that, for example, tourism is a relatively recent phenomenon. Uh, So there was nobody in the Viking Age that would have traveled from Norway to Iceland for a week just to relax. You might have experienced different physical landscapes, in fact you most certainly would have during the Viking Age if you were a Viking, but it would have been a byproduct of some other thing that you were doing. So People in continental Europe especially would have gone on pilgrimages, they would have seen different landscapes, but the main purpose was going on the pilgrimage. For the Vikings, they were explorers, they would have gone on voyages of exploration, they would have gone on voyages of trade, they would have seen different landscapes as well. And they might have enjoyed those landscapes, but there was always a greater purpose to what they were doing. And this is sort of the position I took. I think that the Vikings could have appreciated the beauty in nature, but at the same time recognized the practicalities of their landscape. There's no argument really that the Vikings did not consider the practicalities of their landscape. I experienced this myself when I was studying in Scandinavia. There are mountain ranges and I found cairns that were set up by the Vikings. Sometimes they would take 50 or more stones and just create a cairn as sort of like a marker. And I actually found other cairns as well that were as simple as two stones, just purposely resting against each other on the edge of a cliff that in a prominent position that helped lead you through the mountains. So cairns were a way that Vikings could traverse The mountain ranges but certainly they did look at the landscape in in practical terms so they would have seen this land over here is very arable; it would be good for farming this land over here close to the coast good for fishing grounds there's good hunting grounds here the mountains that i just spoke about this also creates good defense it's very difficult to get through them so there's no doubt that they looked at the practicalities of the landscape but i like to think they could have also seen the beauty in the landscape as well Another thing I had to consider were the attitudes of people during the Viking Age and not just between the Vikings themselves but also from people outside of the Viking community and what they thought of Vikings. So just as a little social experiment right now, I'd like I'd like you the listener to just take a moment to think of the first one or two words that come to mind when you think of the Vikings. Take a moment to think of the first image or two that come to your mind. And I'm willing to bet that if you haven't studied Vikings extensively, that probably the first thing you thought of was something warlike, maybe something to do with aggression, maybe even the word aggression itself. Often what we think of when we think of the Vikings are things that are not very favorable, not very pleasant, and a lot of this has to do with the original documentation of the Vikings during the Viking Age, so the only real contemporary written sources we have that are extensive in nature are things written by monks and the monks lived and worked in monasteries and the monasteries were typically the targets of the vikings so the vikings would often raid these places so when the monks would record what happened of course they didn't record the vikings in any favorable light nor should they have from their perspective it was an unjust attack and the vikings came these heathens these barbarians and they took these Sacred religious objects. So, and this is another thing too. A lot of people associate uh, the Vikings with being anti Christian, and that has to do with these attacks on the monastery. In fact, the Vikings were not anti Christian, and they do in fact become Christian largely later on mass conversions and also individual conversions. But I would say the Vikings were just more pro loot. So they looked at these monasteries as very lightly defended if they were defended really at all. They were in easily accessible locations for the Vikings to get to. They were far away from any other civilizations, and they were completely filled with wealth. Now, the fact that that wealth was religious in nature was really inconsequential to the Vikings. Could have been any context, but what they were interested in was the wealth, not not really the context. And in saying that, that actually speaks to another attitude from the Viking Age, which is that acquiring wealth was not the goal in and of itself. Acquiring wealth led to fame. And for the Vikings, fame was the most important thing. There's a famous poem called Havamal, which I'm going to paraphrase here, but it says, kinsmen die, cattle die, but the one thing that never dies is the reputation of a good person. So the idea is that As a Viking, you wanted to have a good reputation, you wanted to be honourable, you wanted to be true to your word, and you wanted to leave a lasting legacy, something that your children and grandchildren could be proud of, and even something that their children would hear stories about of how great your achievements were. So fame was really the most important thing, and going on these raids, acquiring wealth, bringing it back home, the real value was in the story that you could tell. And when you won a battle, it was that story, that legacy, that was most important. The wealth, ideally, if you were somebody in a position of power, like a high-ranking chieftain or a king or a ruler, ideally what you would want to do with that wealth is then distribute it amongst your supporters. And this would be done to enhance your reputation and also to strengthen the bonds between you and your supporters. But acquiring wealth for wealth's sake was not the main goal. And in fact, somebody who hoarded wealth would have been looked upon very negatively. So uh, there's a little bit of a misconception there that the... Vikings were greedy, wealth-hungry barbarians. Some of that is true to a certain extent but there's a lot more behind it. Another interesting attitude relates to the way people were killed and attacked during the Viking Age. So unfortunately at this time period fighting was a way of life. If you were any Viking in any part of Scandinavia you probably belonged to someone of a higher ranking, a chieftain or a king, as I said, and they could call upon you when they raised an army, so you would be obligated to fight then for, for this person. So there were battles, there were wars, also there were skirmishes just between local people. But what's interesting is that murder was definitely frowned upon, and not for the reasons you might think, not for the fact that it's immoral. Uh, for the Vikings, murder was considered very secretive. It was cloak and dagger, it was done in the shadows, it was a cowardly way to kill somebody, and this would harm your reputation more than anything. So murder was very much frowned upon, and that's a topic that I do hit upon in my novel. But the Vikings had no problem with homicide. If you wanted to just straight-up kill a person, that was considered okay. There might be some compensation you'd have to pay to the family for the killing of their family member, but really this would only enhance your reputation as a powerful, strong, person that shouldn't be messed with. So murder, definitely bad. Homicide, relatively okay. Speaking of killing and warfare, this was another thing that obviously I had to consider in my novel. How was my character going to fight in battle? And I actually chose to make my character Bloodsword a Berserker. Now, a Berserker is a very special type of warrior, and I wanted to explore that. Just to give you an idea of what a Berserker was... If you think of the modern English word berserk, and if you think of somebody going berserk, this word is derived from berserker. So, yeah, when we think of somebody going berserk today, what do we think of? It's somebody who just went crazy, they went nuts, they were probably very erratic in their behavior, and very wild and aggressive. And these are things that you can definitely associate with berserkers. Berserker actually means bearskin, and it is believed that these people often wore bearskins, They dressed like bears, they belonged to a cult of Odin, and they were very animalistic in their approach to warfare. So they would shout, they would roar, um, they would really be like animals. And it's said that a berserker could kill 11 men just on his own. So these were good people to throw into battle from the outset, just to either put the enemy a bit on the back foot, or to decrease their numbers straight from the outset. But either way, people feared berserkers because they seemed to show no fear in battle they rarely if ever wore armor they did sometimes have shields and weaponry there's a famous image of a berserker from a chess set that was found on the Isle of Lewis and it shows a berserker chewing on a shield but the idea is just that in any regard these guys were just crazy they were battle hungry they were ready to go berserk to put it in its simplest terms So, there's an interesting debate about how did the Berserkers get into this Berserker state. And there are basically three schools of thought on this. One is that they consumed a large quantity of alcohol to induce this state, another is that they consumed drugs, and another is that they were able to achieve this naturally. I personally don't believe that it was alcohol-fueled, because if you were going into battle extremely drunk, I do not believe you would be very effective, nor do I believe you would really survive the battle. But it is an interesting debate. Did they use some kind of plant-based drug to induce this state, or were they able to achieve it naturally? For my novel, I chose to go the natural route, so it's a little bit more psychological in nature, and my character Bloodsword is able to go into a berserker trance more or less naturally. But, of course, there is the debate that there were drugs involved, and that's a debate to be had. I just chose not to go down that route. Another question I get asked quite a bit is, what were the roles of Vikings in everyday life? Were they actually warriors or do we have that confused? Were they actually farmers? And my answer to that is actually they they played every role and any role necessary. So we've talked about battles, warfare, raising armies. They were warriors when they had to be. It's interesting to note, though, that the Vikings didn't necessarily want to fight all the time, and there are lots of instances where a king or a ruler of a certain kingdom would pay off the Vikings to go away and not fight, and the Vikings were more than happy to take that offer. The problem for the kingdom, of course, is that the Vikings would return later, possibly a year or two later, and expect even more wealth in order to go away. So it was really only a short-term solution, but it was an effective one for a time. The Vikings would also be traders when they needed to be when they saw that it was more advantageous in this situation to trade and that a fight might not yield the best results. So they were negotiators, they were traders, they were farmers. I mentioned before about fishing, fish definitely supplemented their diet so they were fishermen when they needed to be and we actually have a good Instance from Hakon Fourth, where he uh, made an edict to restrict trade during the farming season. So this is a clear example of the Vikings definitely being farmers and traders at the same time. It's interesting to look at the role of children during the Viking Age as well, because there have been debates based on art that comes down to us from the Middle Ages and from the Viking Age that tends to depict children as small adults. So not really children, just miniature adults. I do believe that the concept of children did exist during the Viking Age, but definitely the lines were more blurred back then than they are now. But it really wasn't even that long ago that the lines were more blurred for us now as well. So just to give you an example, my grandfather was born roughly a century ago, and when he was 11 years old his father passed away. So my grandfather at that time was taken out of school and He was meant to work on the farm, and that was just what he did. I don't believe he ever did go back to school, actually. So, this was the way it was during the Viking Age. You were meant to support your family, and I do believe the school system as well, the modern day summer vacation, is based on the fact that children needed to go work on the farms during the school year at this time. So, it's really not that long ago that. We expected children to work of course nowadays expecting an 11 year old to have a job is unthinkable it's actually illegal in most places but it was more of a more of a thing not too long ago and certainly the lines were equally blurred during the viking age so i mentioned supporting the family during the viking age you only had a certain amount of resources and especially during the winter you had to make them last Um, so you needed food both for the people and for the animals. And if you were not contributing something yourself to the household, if you were just a drain on the system, then this was obviously not sustainable for a long period of time. Obviously babies, for the first couple of years, this had to be the case, but as soon as possible, Vikings were groomed to be young adults and to take on those roles. So we have a good example from Egil Skatlergrimson. He killed his first person when he was seven. Again, it's unimaginable to think of a child killing another child, especially in such a personal way that it would have been during the Viking Age, because there were aerial weapons back then, but Ehl kills his opponent using an axe to the head. And this was the way a lot of fighting was done during the Viking Age. It was very hand-to-hand combat. You literally looked your enemy in the eyes when you killed them most times. There were a lot of daggers, swords, and close-range weaponry like axes as well. Yeah, as I mentioned, homicide, not really a big deal during the Viking Age. Actually, Ahil's reputation would have been enhanced from this. Um, He would have been seen as a powerful individual, someone, you know, to be taken seriously, um, having his first kill at the age of seven. But that just goes to show that from a very, very early age, the Vikings were groomed to be adults and take on those roles and responsibilities. And someone who was 11 or 12 during the Viking Age would have already been seen as an adult, essentially. They wouldn't have had the same physical strength perhaps as an adult but they would have definitely been old enough to take on that role and that's something that's also touched upon in my novel. Next episode is going to look at Norway so look forward to that in episode two but until then if you'd like to get in touch if you're an agent if you're a publisher if you're a fan I'd love to hear from you and I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. You can reach me at vikingstoryfaq at outlook.com that's Viking Story FAQ, all one word. Look forward to episode two coming up, but until then, cue Thor's Thunder.